Hi, I'm Matt McMurray, driver of the number 90 Spirit of Daytona Racing Catalog DPI VR in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and you're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Let's go racing. The opinions and views expressed on Speedway Sounds are not necessarily those of KUCI, its management, UC Irvine, or the University of California Board of Regents. For more information on all of KUCI's programming, go to KUCI.org. Hello car fanatics in Irvine, Orange County, California, the United States, and around the world. It's time for the most famous words in motorsport. Drivers, start your engines! This week on Speedway Sounds, NASCAR begins its tour of the West Coast called NASCAR Goes West, which will travel through Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Fontana, California in just three weekends. I'll preview that tour as well as round five of the ABB Formula E Championship in Mexico City. After that, some local racing news, plus a UC Irvine hashtag and racing update on Matt McMurray and Samantha Tan. All that and more this week on Speedway Sounds. Hello everyone, good morning and happy Thursday. It is Thursday, March 1st, 2018. Welcome to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and let's get right to it this morning. We're now two races into the NASCAR season and everyone's attention now turns to the southwestern United States as NASCAR begins another year of its promotional tour, NASCAR Goes West. It involves three straight race weekends in Las Vegas, Phoenix, and Fontana, California. It was introduced a few years ago initially as a cost-saving measure for teams. They used to have to travel back and forth from the headquarters in Charlotte to the western U.S. and also to other east coast tracks between west coast weekends. Now it has evolved into a fan tradition as well. Some west coast fans will attend more than one race of the three, and some will even attend all three weekends if they are so fortunate. New for this year is the addition of a Camping World Truck Series race to the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Spring Weekend schedule tomorrow night. Previously, only the Xfinity Series and Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series cars raced in the Vegas March weekend, but now there will be two races a year in Vegas for all three national series, one this weekend and one that also serves as the first race of the Cup Series playoffs in September. So tomorrow night is the Stratosphere 200-mile race for trucks, Saturday is the Boyd Gaming 300 for round three of the Xfinity Series, and Sunday is the Pennzoil 400 for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Next weekend, the Xfinity Series races for 200 laps of the ISM Raceway in Phoenix on Saturday, and the Cup Series races for 500 kilometers there on Sunday. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago when I had Rusty Wallace on the show, the Xfinity Series will race 300 miles at the Auto Clip Speedway in nearby Fontana on Saturday, and 400 miles on Sunday for the third and final weekend of NASCAR Goes West. That weekend is March 16th through the 18th. Let's turn our attention now to the ongoing Season 4 of the ABB Formula E Championship, the world's first championship for electric Formula race cars. This weekend is Round 5, the Mexico City E-Prix. It'll take place at the famed Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez that also hosts the F1 Grand Prix of Mexico in the fall, just on a shorter 1.3-mile circuit. 
As the standard, practices, qualifying, and the race for Formula E will take place on Saturday, all in one day. After races in Hong Kong, Marrakesh, Morocco, and Santiago, Chile, the point standings give an early indication of who's in and likely out of championship contention. Leading the standings is John Eric Verne with Chinese team Tachita after winning the Santiago E-Prix. Just five points behind is Felix Rosenquist with the Indian Mahindra Racing Team, who lost the lead after finishing fourth in Santiago. Sam Bird of the British team DS Virgin Racing is third, ten points behind. Expect all three of those drivers to finish on or near the podium this weekend for sure. One driver looking to make a comeback from early season setbacks is Sebastian Buemi of the French team Renault E-Dams. He only earned a single point in the first two races, but since then he's put together two great results, second in Marrakesh and third in Santiago. These races show that Buemi and Renault are back to their hard-charging, high-performing selves. He has a significant gap to make up, 34 points, but let's see if he can chip away at Verne's lead over the next few races. A driver that has surprised everyone, and not for a good reason, is defending Formula E champion Lucas Degrassi and the Audi Sport App Schaeffler team. I can't believe I'm saying this, but after four races, Degrassi, the defending champion of Formula E, has zero points. You gotta ask, what is going on over at Audi? He's dead last. The, t the race team's write-up of the race on its website, Audi.com, says it all, called Double Disappointment. Degrassi's problems for yet another race were reliability issues on the number one car. He lost power completely in the second half of the race and stopped on track. His teammate Daniel Apt also didn't finish in Santiago because of crash damage. Audi wants desperately to solve the reliability issues in order to still have a chance at its first team's championship this year. They also want to defend their win in last year's Mexico City E-Prix with Degrassi. Here's what Degrassi had to say on Audi.com in the team preview of the race. My memories of the Mexican E-Prix are mixed. In the 2015-2016 season, I crossed the finish line in position one and was subsequently disqualified. Last season, I celebrated my first regular victory there. The track suits us well, so as far as that goes, I hope that we're going to do well again next season. The Mexican fans are so passionate, it's always very enjoyable to race there. This weekend is already off to a bad start for Audi even before they arrived in Mexico. Degrassi will have a 10-place grid spot penalty added to his qualifying position for changing the number one car's inverter. While Audi has stated that the solution for Degrassi's reliability problems has been found, series regulations mean that it cannot be implemented until round six in a couple of weeks. So they're stuck with the problem for now. We'll see if Lucas Degrassi can make a great result out of a bad situation this weekend in Mexico City. One more driver to watch this weekend is Andre Lauderer, the second place finisher from the Santiago E-Prix, who is a part of the headlines just as much as race winner and his Techita teammate Jean-Eric Verne. Lauderer challenged Verne several times for the lead, almost taking both of them out with a ton of car-to-car -car contact. Recovering from a lackluster start to his season, Lauderer is proving to be just as fast as Verne in equal equipment. I anticipate another battle between teammates this weekend. Let's just hope they follow rule number one of racing, don't crash your teammate. Lauderer said to his team's website, TachitaFE.com, the Mexico City E-Prix will be a new track and a new challenge for me. Quite a lot of the other drivers have got previous Formula E experience on this track, but I don't see that as a problem. I see that as a fun challenge. Jean-Eric and the team have raced here before, which helps a lot in terms of prep. 
I'm really looking forward to driving the track. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Before the Mexico City E-Prix begins this Saturday, you can play against me on Twitter in the Speedway Picks game. Pick two drivers who you think are going to do well in the race. If you are a returning player, you must follow the only rule. Two different drivers than who you picked last week. For example, when I played last time, I picked both Vern and Lauderer, so I'll need to tweet and declare two different drivers for my team. You can go to at Speedway Sounds on Twitter to play by the race start time of 2 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Mexico City local time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Here are the Speedway pick standings after Santiago. After Santiago, I took the lead of the standings by three points over Tristan Cortez, the Speedway Sounds F1 analyst. We have been trading the lead spot for the past few races now, and for sure it will change again this weekend because I don't have the best drivers anymore. I think Tristan will have the opportunity to choose better drivers than me because I already have picked Vernon Lauderer. Quite a ways behind is Seth13459, one of the show's listeners. He is at 74 points out of the lead of 113. Seth13459 has a reasonable lead over Matt McMurray at 60 points. McMurray had an okay race last time out too. He picked Lauderer and Bird, so that brought him a total of 29 points. We'll have to wait and see until Saturday to see who they'll pick for the Mexico City E-Prix in the Speedway Picks game. And you can join too. You could be what I call the fashionably late spoiler who jumps in in the fifth race and wins the championship if you just pick all the right drivers. Even just a race win is a badge of honor here at Speedway Sounds. So definitely check it out if you're interested. For the TV coverage of the Mexico City E-Prix, Fox Sports 2 and not Fox Sports 1 will be showing the race live in the United States with pre-race coverage beginning at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific on Saturday. You can tune in one hour earlier to Fox Sports 2 for qualifying tape delayed for the entire one-hour presentation of that. And of course, follow at Speedway Sounds all weekend for commentary from me about the Mexico City E-Prix. That concludes the preview of this weekend's ABB Formula E Championship race in Mexico City. Let's turn our attention now to local racing news. In Southern California racing, the Irwindale Speedway is gearing up for its first race night under new management. It's called the Night of Destruction and it'll take place Saturday, March 10th. Demolition derbies are a Speedway staple, but to celebrate a season opening that almost didn't happen, Irwindale is bringing classic racing announcer Larry Huffman to the track to call the action for the fans. Huffman is an inductee of the American Motorcyclist Association Hall of Fame and has been calling races in a variety of media for more than 50 years. In addition, Irwindale Speedway is organizing a race called the Irwindale Race of Champions, a spin-off of the old IROC acronym with late model stock cars. Leading up to that weekend, the Speedway is posting on its Instagram who is competing in this race. The first announcement, uh, as far as drivers, was the entry of NASCAR Canon Pro Series West driver Ryan Partridge. For the next announcements, you can check out Irwindale Speedway on Instagram. And for more information on the race, you can check out irwindalespeedway.com. Now it's time for this week's Hashtag Anders and Racing Report, focusing on the seasons of UC Irvine students and race car drivers Matt McMurray and Samantha Tan. Matt McMurray has had a lot of time off since Daytona, since there is more than a month gap between January's Rolex 24 and the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring in March. Last week, though, he took a few days away from classes to fly to Sebring to participate in IMSA's pre-race test with his team Spirit of Daytona Racing, 
his teammates Tristan Vodier and Eddie Cheever III, and his car, the number 90 Cadillac DPI VR. Here's what Matt had to say after he returned from testing. The Sebring test went really well for Spirit of Daytona Racing. We were in the top five all weekend. The car handles really well and we made some really good progress on setup, especially over the bumps. We got a lot of clean running in. There were hardly any red flags all weekend, which was nice. And all of our drivers are looking really strong, so I'm looking forward to it. It should be a really fun and successful race in a couple of weeks. Matt will return to the famed 3.74 mile airfield circuit March 14th through 17th for the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Round 2 of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and Round 2 of the Tequila Patron North American Endurance Championship. After that, he'll race back to UC Irvine for Winter Quarter Finals Week. Fellow anteater Samantha Tan has been busy as well testing your team's brand new BMW M4 GT4 cars in preparation for her first race in the Pirelli World Challenge Sprint X class coming up at the end of March. She and her teammates Connor Blaum, Aurora Strauss, and Nick Whitmer have been testing at Palm Beach International Raceway in Florida and Willow Springs International Raceway here in California. Here are Samantha's thoughts after testing so far. As the racing season is close to starting, I'm lucky that I've been able to hop into the race car and practice. We've done a few test days where we got to try out different setups and I got to try out the new car. It's absolutely incredible. It handles amazingly and has much more horsepower than the M235. The main difference is that there is no brake booster, so you really have to push hard to get the car to slow down. Altogether, I'm super excited for the new season and can't wait to work with Nick and my new teammates. Her first races of the season will be at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, March 23rd through the 25th. That's it for this week's Hashtag Anders and Racing Report on this show's Twitter account. I'm creating a moment that contains all the highlights of the season so far for these two drivers called Hashtag Anders and Racing 18 Season. If you go to the account's profile page, you'll find it under the Moments tab. I'll periodically retweet it throughout the year as well. That's all of the news for this upcoming week in racing for this edition of Speedway Sounds. For the final few minutes of the show, I want to play some of the best audio from press conferences around the country. This week, I'm going to focus on the NASCAR weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway this past weekend, and I'll play some of the best Q&A clips from the press room audio. First, I'll start with some clips from Brett Moffitt's post-race interview in the Media Center after his second career NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory on Saturday night. I can have your attention here at the Media Center. We're now joined by the winning team for the 10th running of the Active Pest Control 200 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Driver of the number 16 ice and Toyota, Brett Moffitt. Brett, tell us uh, what's going through your mind on that last restart. Um, it was a 13 being on two tires. I didn't know if he was going to spin them or how good a start he was going to get. I knew we'd be able to launch harder. It seemed like our uh, JGR motor um, built by Mark Conquest was really good on restarts. I was able to push Kyle to the lead on one, and um, I tried to on another, and he spun his tires and kind of got us back there in the pack a little bit. But we had a really good Tundra, and we were able to drive back by. But on that final restart, I was just trying to give him enough space to where if he did spin his tires, I could still get to the bottom. And um, you know, luckily, once I got into one, I was, could clear him and clear Johnny, and they stayed side by side, and we were able to just drive away. We'll open it up to questions for our winning crew. If you raise your hand, we'll get a mic to you, and we'll start right here with Chris, and then we'll go to Rick. Yeah, Chris Nightcatchfans.com. 
And Brett, uh, you're in the playoffs. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a pretty cool feeling for you guys, especially knowing what Hattori Racing went through last year on losing out on a tie last year. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I expect it to be good. Uh, Shiki has put all the right people in the right places. And, and, you know, we don't have the biggest shop and we don't have the most trucks, but he's made damn sure we have the right people with, with Scott and Greechy and, and everyone down to, down to the pit crew. They did a great job all night, too. And, um, you know, it's, I, I knew we'd be successful. I just didn't think it'd be this early. We'll go to Rick, and then we'll go up to the press box. Uh, Rick Miller, Brett, you had a really impressive run in the Cup Series here a few years ago, and then you win here tonight. What does this place mean to you, and why? Why do you think you succeed here? I'm, well, I'm liking it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's uh, it's close to home. Uh, well, second home in North Carolina, and uh, the old the old asphalt's just fun, man. You got to be really strict with your line. Um, you know, that's where we made a lot of passes tonight was being able to move around, but be be strict with the bottom and, and hook that yellow line in three and four. And um, I was able to make up a lot of ground there and just get underneath people. Let's go up to the press box. Go ahead. Hi, Brett. Jeff Gluck from jeffgluck.com. Can you tell us a little about the journey you've been on over the last few years? I mean, there's been so many ups and downs and opportunities and they go away. How have you persevered and wanted to keep doing this even when it looked like you had nothing? Uh, it's It's extremely difficult. You know, it's... I've always always been told, um, you know, you have the talent and we'd really like you, but, but we need the funding to go along with it, and that's the part I haven't really been able to offer too much. And, um, you know, to, to make do with what I've – the opportunities I've had, I feel like I've um, really been able to show my talent, and uh, whether it was in the Cup Series or the Truck Series a couple of years ago, filling in for Tift with – with Zippy as my crew chief, and and we had a lot of success then, and um, you know a lot of a lot of the motivation comes from my father because he um, he went through some really tough times in in life while I was growing up, and uh, man, I would have never knew it um, just how strong he was and how motivated he is to to build his business back up, and um, you know he's the one that always tells me to to just keep digging. We're gonna have that opportunity, and um, that's what keeps me motivated. Jacob Seelman, Race Chaser Online, Performance Motorsports Network. I'll start with Brett, and then I've got a follow-up. Uh, you talked earlier about the ups and downs that your career's had the last few years, and it seems like there's a roller coaster, and then there's all these near misses, five straight years of near misses in the K&N car, and then to go through the ups and downs at the national level to finally close it out, to be here, know it's done, you're getting the trophy. How sweet is this moment right now? Uh, you know this one's this one's really special to me. Um, you know, not only to to be able to bring the first win for Shiggy in the Camping World Truck Series, but to be back with Scott and literally the whole team is is pretty much people I've worked with throughout my career, whether it be MWR or or Red Horse Racing, and um, we're really just a, a pretty big group of friends, and it's it's pretty cool to, for all them to to you know they work so hard all off season and and being that to get them to victory lane this early is is really special and um you know this one's every bit as special as my first win was because um you know i feel like we michigan's a little different ball game in the truck series it's a little more drafting but not to discredit that one but this one we definitely worked hard for and we had a really good tundra all night cj willover with foxsports.com uh this question uh, is for brett uh, i've heard that because of the time difference before this season got started that your owner, Mr. Hattori, went through a lot of sleepless nights getting this deal together, making this happen. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, you know, Shiggy, like like Scott kind of touched on. Um, you know, we'd been we'd been talking for a while about it, uh, but we just didn't know the reality and and how to make it happen. Like like Scott said, and um, Shiggy works incredibly incredibly hard between being in the states and being in Japan and back and forth, and uh, just to put these deals together to give guys like me the opportunity and. And I can I can pretty much safely say there's no one better in the truck series out there finding sponsors than than Shiggy does. And, um, you know, he works really hard at it and he's pretty damn good at it. And, um, you know, just thankful we could all come together on this deal. Thank you. Gentlemen, congratulations on a great win. And we look forward to seeing you next week in Las Vegas. Thank you. Thank you. Now for a few clips from Kevin Harvick after his victory in the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 on Sunday at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. If I can have your attention here in the media center and upstairs in the press box, we are now joined by we are now joined by the winning driver of today's 59th annual Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 and then as Kevin Harvick driver the number 4 Jimmy Johns Ford for Stuart Haas Racing. Kevin, your 38th win here in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series and you dominated early and you closed it, uh, closed it strong. Walk us through how satisfying today was for you. Uh, today was very satisfying, just for the fact that you know we were able to overcome so much. That, in my mind, is is uh, very rewarding for everybody on the team. Um, you know, to, to make a comeback of, of uh, you know some some mistakes and, and you know make the car better and then make a great pit call. Uh, to get our track position back, just a, you know, a number of things happened with uh, you know the last pit stop; those guys nailed it, and you know the last restart. So those are the things that kind of put all those little question marks out of your head, and you say, all right, you know that that worked out pretty well. And but really, you know, we've had we've had since I've been at Stuart Haas Racing, we've had five cars that that could have done this, the same <coughs> the same exact thing that that we did tonight, and, and pretty much did. Um, just you know, different situations uh, didn't didn't allow us to drive it to victory lane. So, just really happy to um, to come back to victory lane. It's been a long time um, since since I've been able to to drive into victory lane here on on Sunday. And and honestly, I had no I had I didn't have any idea that we would even have a chance of running this race today. So to to get the race in and you know it'll make it a lot better on the guys getting out west and take some, some pressure off of that because it's a pretty hectic time and you know of, of travel and different things like that. So I worry about that more than myself. And, and uh, you know, just because it's, it's, it's so tough from a crew guy's standpoint to, uh, to get them through these next few weeks. Go to Jacob and we'll come over here in the middle. Jacob Seelman, Race Chaser Online and Performance Motorsports Network. I've actually got uh, a couple for Kevin. Uh, first, I want to go back to yesterday's Xfinity race. I uh, didn't get a chance to ask you about this, but your first drive in the 98 car with Biagi Dembesti, having the history that they have, folding that into Stuart Haas, and for you being able to, to be a part of that history, you kind of were one of the building blocks for SHR, and now for that 98 team. What's it mean to you to be a part of that and to, and to score a win for them on a downforce track? Yeah, you know, I met Bill and Fred for the first time this weekend and realized that they just like to race. And, you know, fortunately, I have two other owners that just like to race, uh, in, in Gene Haas and, and Tony Stewart. And, and that's, the, that's the unique part about what, what we do. It's like, you know, when, when we put the, um, the whole 98 thing together with um, Stewart Haas Racing and, and Biagi Dembesti and, 
and it was really just about trying to get the most most resources to put the fastest car on the racetrack, and that's all they that's all they care about. And you know, from a driver and a and a, and a team guy's standpoint, um, that is rare. And you know, for for me, owning teams and and sitting in the walls of, of Stuart Haas Racing and, and seeing the just kind of the demeanor of, of how everything operates is is very blue collar, but it's very racer mentality, um, you know, from, from inside out. And, and that, that comes from the ownership group. And, you know, uh, Fred and, and Bill just add to that. And, you know, I think as you look at the, the start of the Xfinity program and, and the, you know, I said this yesterday, I get to come in and, and do this on occasion and, you know, give some, some input. The real guys that are doing this are, are on the double zero car uh, with, with Cole and, and his crew chief that are, that are the building blocks week in and week out. And, and we come in and, you know, we try some different things and, and do some different things, but uh, they've done a great job and, and it's fun to, to go out and have a chance to win on Saturday. Now, the start of this season, last week at Daytona, we watch a black number three go to victory lane in the biggest race of the sport. This weekend, you, the guy who replaced Dale Earnhardt after his passing, go to victory lane at the track where you got your first cup win. To see history repeat itself like that, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to finally be back in victory lane here? Yeah, well, it means a lot to me, and, and it's funny how, and ironic how, all these things line up and and it's kind of ironic how we wound up in in victory lane that day and you know dale's teams won you know the first two races and and we were able to to win the next race in in 2001. um you know you see that three back in in victory lane and and us back in victory lane tonight it's it's just it's almost it's 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 just how it's meant to be and you know i think for for me you know to be able to to kind of do that that celebration again um, very similar to what we did in 2001. I've been waiting a long time because 2001 was, was very confusing. Um, you know, it was my first win and don't feel like I remember really anything about it uh, because it was just such a really confusing time in, in my life and, and um, you know, just on the racetrack and, and with Dale gone and put, getting in his car and um, not, not with my team that, that I had built over the last, uh, you know, couple years at, at RCR and then I raced so much in 2001 that you didn't really, you know, see the repercussions of, of everything that had happened until 2002, um, and we were terrible in, in 2002. So it was, um, you know, it was a lot. It was fun to be able to go to to actually pay tribute and smile um, about what was going on in the night, and not just, you know, not know if you should actually stick your hand out the window if somebody was going to be offended or. Um, somebody was going to be mad and, and whether it was the right thing to do or wrong thing to do and, and it was your first win. So there was just a, a lot of confusing things. So it felt, um, it felt good to, to pay tribute to that and park it in victory lane with a smile on my face and, and watch everybody smile with me. That's it for this week's press conference clips. And that's it for this week on Speedway Sounds. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram at Speedway Sounds to listen to past shows and receive updates about upcoming promotions, as well as to see photos of cool race cars and videos of cool race cars and a lot of other great content as well that I'll be making this week. Always wear your helmet and never ever drive distracted or under the influence, and please always wear your seatbelt. Coming up next is Sounds of Rich Mahogany with DJ Lilsdo here on KUCI. I'm your host, Noah Stein, and thank you so much for listening to me talk about my lifelong passion this morning. 
You're listening to Speedway Sounds on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Have an awesome weekend and let's go racing.